We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water slash uh, stop paying attention to the NBA. Uh, gosh, James Harden, the gift that keeps on giving. Um, so, no, this is not a Sixers podcast. Um, but yes, the Sixers do have uh, a guy that has been uh, reported slash rumored as maybe the Knicks' primary trade target if and when they go after their their big fish. And uh, that guy, of course, is Joel Embiid, and he plays with James Harden. So if there's Sixers news that happens, um, it is kind of related to the Knicks just because it has to be. Um, so, of course, we brought on the most knowing human being on the planet about the Sixers, and that is Jerome Weissman, author of Tanking to the Top. He was kind enough to join us for uh, a really fun conversation. We got into, I mean, we got into Harden stuff. We spent a lot of time on Embiid and the maybes and what ifs and all the different possible circumstances of how that situation ends up. We talk about the Knicks explicitly for a little bit because he's done some great reporting on the Knicks um, over the last few years. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. I also realized I should say we we I mentioned something. Uh, that we didn't actually say what the thing was on the pod. So for anybody who may have missed this on what day is today? Tuesday morning. Uh, Joel Embiid did in fact take Philadelphia off his uh, as his location on on X or Twitter or whatever the, hell the app is. And uh, so I guess now he's floating in space. So we'll see how that situation transpires. But anyway, uh, we, we referenced that uh, during the pod and, and didn't say actually what we were referencing. So in case you don't know about it, now you know. Uh, that's that. Without further ado, here is the one and only Jerome Weissman. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, he is a returning guest. Um, he is also an NBA writer, currently writing for Fox Sports, as well as potentially Substack. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a little <laughs> bit. Um, uh, but uh, he is probably best known. I don't know. He may disagree with that uh, for writing one of the very best basketball books um, that you will ever read. 
uh, tanking to the top, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the most audacious process in the history of professional sports. Yes, you have to read the whole title. Exactly. Your own Weissman. How are you, my friend? I think that's what I'm, yeah, let's say I'm best known for that. I like that. That's good. You know, I'm, I'm more of an author than a writer, you know, I'm more, uh, more refined. So yes. I hope someday for one person out there to call me refined. <laughs> if I can find one person to call me refined, I will have, I will die a happy man. That's it. Um, and I get to call you refined. Um, there you go. Cause you are one of the best in the biz and, uh, for better or worse, you have kind of hitched your you hitched your horse to this wagon. So it's pretty, it's pretty funny. It's uh, the whole thing. Is it funny. Though? Like yeah, like and I wouldn't say. So you'll laugh. So yesterday, I actually had a uh, I had a we had an event for my kids' school, like a tennis, you know, God, I don't golf, but a fundraiser thing, whatever. And like I was gonna maybe take a slower day, you know, not that I would normally do that, but you know, a slower day. And the morning I see that thing and uh, the Harden video and I'm like, this is literally the one, I don't think there's any other story. Like this is, if you're talking about this lane that I've carved out, like that is it, right? Like that, I don't like, that's the bingo. I don't know what the proper term is, right? Like that's the, yeah. like, that's it. That's the thing. It could have been any other player, any other team, honestly. And I could say, yeah, you know, oh good. I can check in later. Um, yeah. Like somehow I've become Sixers nonsense guy, which I guess is pretty fun. And sure enough, before the end of the day, you being the astute pro that you are, had an article up for Fox Sports, 13 thoughts on on the heart. Yeah. yeah. Not a fiasco, whatever you want to call it. Um, let's start there. Actually, no, before we even get to that, like just with the Sixers thing, do you feel at this point, like I have to imagine <laughs> you're it's like you break up with someone and then after you break <laughs> up with them, you hear about all like the crazy shit that they're doing. Is that just how you feel at this point with Philly? So it's it's a couple things. One yeah. So okay. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't fully broken up with them, right? I've kind of That's been true, like yeah. I, we've kind of gotten engaged again, or you know, we or we went we we got engaged. You know, we broke up and then we got engaged because, I mean, I guess it's it's a weird thing to admit. Like after the book comes out, and the book I wrote the book when I was I say I was about thirty. Like that was for me. I, I'm this gonna. I'm not trying to sound egotistical. The book gave me a level of uh, standing in the business that I probably yeah, didn't sure. have when I entered before, right? So it ha- and that's part of the, one of the reasons I did it. And so after the book, like, you know, I started hearing more stuff that I wish I could have added to the book and more context and more people are answering calls. So like my knowledge base of this nonsensical ten year, how many years now are we in ten, whatever it is now. Well, uh, it's ten years since the process unofficially right. started in June, right. and the I mean the book came out in what it was March of it was right right around the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Who could forget that great timing? Um, so, so great. Right, so there, so I, I feel like I've become more attached to it and like, I know more and I have more thoughts. And so funny. So I complain jokingly, but like I write this yesterday, like, I have thoughts ready to go. Like, it's like, I'm dying to share thoughts. I have these yeah. thoughts and insights that I think are pretty, um, I don't know, valuable for whatever, as much as, as much, or I uh, helpful, useful. I don't know as much as any of this, any value or use, right. This nonsense. But, um, yeah, no, so I mean, I think it's incredibly valuable because, like, I was reading through your your hardened piece is so spot on because you literally go through like, well, this is Maury's thought process, and then but this is Harden's thought process, and well, but if that's Harden's thought process, then this is like we're at, like, and yeah. you go through <laughs> step by step, and you arrive at the conclusion, which I think all of us are at right now, which is like nobody knows how the hell this is going to end up because I mean, you're not dealing, yeah, right, like you said it in the piece, you're not dealing with a rational actor. Yeah, and I guess we go. I think that was maybe, which is funny because you think Daryl Morey of anyone would um, 
know James Harden's uh, approach yep. and how he approaches things better than anyone. Um, but I do think that was probably the Sixers' biggest mistake, you know, assuming... I mean, I'll back up. We, I'm sure we'll get into this. But basically, at the end of it, they thought they had more leverage because Harden needs to play well, right? That's kind of how we got yes. here. They thought they had leverage because Harden is on a contract year. That's the oversimplification. We can go into the uh, more you know, detailed stuff on it. But that's the oversimplification of it. And I just don't know if Harden approaches things that way. That all said, I also don't know what Darren Moy was supposed to do in this situation. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's The whole thing's just a big disaster. So speaking of disaster, I actually want to go back like even more because you, I think you focus more on the the steps that have been taken in the more recent past, whereas like you know, like obviously you know all about Daryl Moore. You know how many steps ahead he thinks. Like, isn't there a part of you that wonders? Like, well, did, he knew where like what Harden's contract situation was when he traded for him. Like, was this just a situation? He's like, well, I got to get rid of Ben Simmons anyway. This is let me just try to win a championship in the next two years type of deal. Like I, do you think he foresaw this going this route or maybe should he have? Should it's a good question. I think they, I, this part, I don't, I've never talked to him about this. And I, it's actually an interesting question, right? Cause I've talked to other people about how like NBA uh, planning is getting almost more NFL like where it's like you know, two year, two year windows almost like it's kind of silly to plan. And NFL is really year to year almost right. I'm not an NFL uh, expert, but I, I believe that's how it works. You could turn your franchise around, I think, as of the fortunes of your franchise around quicker in the NFL, right? Because of like the way yeah. the cap works. Like, if yeah, the NBA, it's like you need to land that guy. And even if you land that guy, it takes time after that. So, yeah. correct. But I think it's like the idea of like five year planning. Like, I don't know if executives have like a five, maybe they do, right? I'd be curious, yeah. like on their boards, if they have like things planned out for five years. I feel like it's probably closer to a two year window, right? Every is how they're looking at things. Um, so, to answer your question, like, I think he probably assumed. They were going to trade Ben Simmons. Um, in hindsight, it's unfair. Like James Hart, we all thought that was a great trade, right? And James Hart was yeah. bad. I, I know there's been some of his Halliburton stuff. Like, I don't know. I think at the time, everyone would have said, take, take Harden over Halliburton, even if that was an option. And I'm not sure that it was um, for a team like the Sixers. Um, yeah, I think two years. Yeah, I think they just figured we'll get him and you try to win a title within two years, right? They were pretty good. Uh, the, the interesting one is to me is like, did they mess up last year? Did they get a little too cute in not locking Harden? Get, having him do yeah. the opt out to get PJ Tucker and Daniel House, would you have been better off just like having him? I forgot what the contract situation was, but locking him up for two or three years. So we'd have, let's say, two more years now and not having to worry about Harden on a contract year or any of that stuff. Like that to me is more kind of an interesting question. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And even like, Going back a little bit further here, I got to, I'm going to put you on the spot. Hope you don't yeah, sure, hit me. No, never. <laughs> Can you name the three players on the Philadelphia 76ers today that were on the roster when your book dropped? Uh, Two are easy. There are three. Well, it's, it's going to, when my book came out, you're saying, so was that in Bead and March, uh, 2020. So in Bead, who's uh, who's the other easy one I'm forgetting then? I got to think through the roster. Makes a lot of money. Oh, well for, Oh, Makes a lot of money. A lot of Tobias. money. Okay, Tobias. Yeah, Tobias. Oh, and Furcon. It's Furcon still on the roster. Yes, it's I nailed it. I nailed it. Yes. You nailed it. Good job by you. By the way, it shows how my brain works. I had Furcon before Tobias. So there you go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Tobias's baseball reference page today. That dude's been in the league forever. It's yeah, like, yeah. He's probably he's a good immaculate grid, uh, you know, uh, guy. I bet. He's I a good tried that. Yet. I tried that. But like, 
so that's when you're like, it, it's just amazing to me because your book dropped and obviously you, you finished working on the book like a little bit before it dropped, but like the, you, I know I looked at it when, when the book came out and we talked about it at the time of like, it was the culmination of a years long process. And like, this, these were the fruits of the labor. And now we've gotten to a place where we're even so far afoul of that. Like just, I, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, so I apologize yeah. for it. But like, just well, like reflecting back on the continuation of the process, is if you, if you could even call it that anymore. Like, is this where you thought this thing would be at this point? I guess ten years down the road. No, obviously no. Like, it would be depleted and have Justin Bieber now. Um, I mean, it's come. I always say, like, not that you're saying, not that you're saying this, right? I always say, people when they say the process of failure, I'm like, if you say that, you have to name um, the you have to name the four GMs who have been in charge like since Hinky or whatever. You know what I mean? The Colangelos and like it's it's not just. Um, and I know you're not saying that it's not just one person and one decision. Like there's been a bunch of reasons and new people coming in and trying to put their own imprint on things. And that sort of led them down this path, but no, this is not what it, I mean, this is ridiculous. This like, and beat obviously there, but the, and I guess to be fair, listen, I'll back up, I guess to be fair, like a couple of years ago, it's like, okay, they have it beaten hard. And those are two top 10 guys. That was always yeah. the, that was always the goal. And maybe the issue is that they happened to bring down Maury, who was in love with James Harden and thought James Harden was the answer to everything. And, Probably like, you know, I don't know. I've thought about the past couple of days, like, man, if that's an interesting article to try to like unpack, you know, a long term thing about like just the the nature of that relationship and how it's have been flowed over the years and why it worked and where it broke and all that. Um, cause that to me is to me, that's almost part of the, the story here, right? Or a bigger part of the story. It's not just much of the process as much as Daryl Morey and James Harden and Daryl Morey decided that James Harden was going to be the guy he wanted to take your wagon to. And really, Interestingly, in terms of if you think of Dal Mori as somebody who his he matters historically, his legacy, right? He's something who's gonna matter historically in the NBA. He's been around for a long time. We know it before. Absolutely. And yeah, and his uh desire or uh yearning to hitch his legacy to James Harden is fascinating and it looks like it could end up backfiring in a pretty strong way. Yeah, it, it's um man. It's, I don't want to go down a, a, a complete and total sidetrack, but like, again, I know you pay attention to NBA history and you, and you are very cognizant of this stuff. I, are we going to, is there a career that is more difficult to reconcile with amongst like great players? Cause he is a great player than James Harden. When like, you know, like, yeah, it's, you, you no, it's, with, yeah, it's tough. Like I, it's to me, it's the cat. I think we're going to see it, but even different, I like, think like the Iverson Westbrook category, right? I think it's kind of like we're headed in that path where, yeah. um, game changing, incredible. And just for whatever reasons or lots of good reasons. Um, it's just never, I'm not gonna say, right? it's weird to say never click. Cause again, these are top 75 guys and all time. What is hard to have one MVP, whatever is, you know, Harden has one MVP and for whatever was the seven year stretch, he was like finished second, I think three times and like another. Yeah. And he changed the game. Crazy. And I did this interview with him last and he's like, no, I changed the game. I know and he's right. He did. He changed the game. Um, but man, I don't, I also think what, yeah, it's headed down the, to me. Those are the, like, those are the guys, the Iverson Westbrook are the uh, comps. I think. I think those, yeah, those are actually pretty. Good. Although, I mean, look, Iverson, on you know, it was a very unique team, but he did bring a team to the finals. No, for sure, for sure. You know, Russ was in a finals. Um, Harden, not so much. Well, listen, it's it's not uh, the the 
the final chapter on his is his history is, is not written yet. Um, but just going back to to just like the the Sixers for a second, like I'm thinking about because you you brought up like is the process of a failure. I don't I, to me if you draft an MVP and you keep that MVP through let's say the majority of his prime. I don't, we'll, we'll get into, trust me, we're going to get yeah. into What? We're talking about a beat today? I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Why would a Knicks podcaster want to talk about Joel? Who, who is even Joel? I mean, um, no, they drafted an MVP and yeah. he's been freaking awesome for them. He's been everything they could. And like, I know you said like the point of the process was to get two top 10 guys. And I think that's kind of what Hinky was that. Well, let me ask you what, it, what, what do you think Sam Hinkie would have defined yeah. as a successful? That's a great question. I think, I think, yeah, I think it was sustain. I think it was, well, no, I think I, it was definitely like you need, it was reverse engineered, right? Like through look at through NBA history, who are the top yes. teams? It's always guys who have top five players. How do you get those guys? You usually draft them. That changed a little bit toward the end of his um, time there with some like in the post um, Interesting. LeBron, Heatles player empowerment stuff, right? It, it wasn't as much through the draft, but ba- the basic idea was, Look at all the champions. They all have one of the, they all have top ten guys. Where do you get a top ten guy? You need a top three draft pick. That, okay, let's get as many of those as we can get and see what happens. Right? Oversimplification, but that's the basic idea. Um, and through that, create sustained success and greatness. Right? So that was a goal. Um, not to say his goal. I think you would appreciate this. And like, I also think part of it is relevancy. Right? I don't know if he would say that specifically, but like. Okay. As a Knicks fan, you know, you and Knicks fans know this, right? Like, you want your team to matter. Um, oh, it doesn't mean you want your team. There's yeah. nothing fucking worse than, well, I don't know. They're like, not, there were some years in the early aughts where they just didn't matter. They weren't a laughing stock yet, but they just didn't matter. And then right. they were a laughing stock, I, <laughs> which is worse. I, but I always I say it's like Sixers fans, like, yeah, they haven't gotten over the hump and like, I guess matter within a point. You don't want to be like, uh, I don't know, some, you know, the Washington Wizards or whoever it is, right? But they don't matter because you (laughs) fall into that. That's enough, right? Like, but like, why are we all talking about James Harden? Like, if you're a Sixers fan for the past, I don't know, five years, whatever the calendar is, like your team, you're reading, you want to watch those games at night. You want to hear ESPN talking about your team. You're reading about them. You care. You're fine. That's kind of what you want as a fan, honestly. Obviously, you want winning, but like the whole... It's all nonsense. You want it to be like be involved and like care about it. Um, and I'm saying this like I'm a big like I relate to like you know uh, I'm a big Mets fan, right? Like when they when my summers are better when they matter. This yeah. this now I'm like I have nothing to do every night now. You know what I mean? They're worthless. Like it's just last summer was a blast. One last night. I did it honestly? I did not even know. I'm done checking. I actually I, I've watched like three baseball games all year. I happen to be watching. That's funny. Night. That's funny. So yeah. So like I think relevancy like. Relevancy, on kind of like you know the Venn diagram. Relevancy and uh, legit contention, and you want both, right? And that's I think, and I think they had that. Uh, to be fair, I think they had that. I think they absolutely did have that, and or have that. Excuse me, it's current too. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, as of today, yeah. I like if you told me the Sixers were somehow going to win the NBA championship next year, I'd believe you. I don't. I, don't know if I'd want to map out exactly how that would happen, but like I'm sure there's a there's a path because Joel Embiid's on the team right now. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, so we'll start to get into Embiid. Like I, so the process started ten years ago in June. Embiid was drafted the next year. I'm like, I'm not gonna try to ask you to like see inside his head, but like you've done just more reporting on this guy than basically anyone. 
Do you think there is a part of him, and if so, maybe how big of a part of him that has looked at the totality of the moves that this organization, and as you said, it's not just one GM, it's not even just two GMs, it's like multiple GMs, but the organization has made since the day they drafted him, where and we don't have to like people listening to this pod, they they know all the things that have happened and who's gone out the door and like things, you know, talent maybe didn't come back. Like, do you think he's looked around at the totality of this and just been like, what do I really want? to stick around to see how this ends. For sure. For sure. I saw him once explain it to me that like Embiid, um, cause you know, he'll make a lot of comments about like, he makes Joey Butler comments and hinting at stuff, you know, about, uh, all season moves. Right. So I once joked that like, he's like an NBA owner. Like he only, I don't know, but he would, he only, he comments about the moves after not, not before. Right. <laughs> Which is probably not so smart for him politically. It's kind of annoying to, um, if you're working with him or on the organization. Right. Um, sure. But I should bring that up. The point being that like, no, he's aware. Right. And he's like, he's taken shots before about decisions. Like we mentioned Jay Butler, you know, their continuous, uh, you know, online flirtation with each other. Right. Even though like that was not saying, I should say, do you see what he did today? He took, apparently took, the, I saw uh, he did. I, yeah. I, I love, yeah, I saw he did. Right. And when there was, so uh, like, again, and I know it's because, you know, there are a couple of Sixers cliches like Daryl Morey's comfortable, be uncomfortable. And, uh, and B doesn't do anything by accident. And I've, I've said these things too, right? So like, I don't want to verge into cliche, but that's also true. Like, I don't, and B knows what he's doing. Now it can just be a, like, he's been pushing this troll thing. So maybe just like wants to stir things up or he finds it funny. Like, oh, I'm going to see this and look, watch what Twitter says. And maybe he doesn't mean anything by it. But I mean, there were the comments, uh, what is it? Yeah, what if I win a title here or somewhere else? Like, it just, there's stuff's adding up. And also like, we don't have to, we don't have to do armchair psychology. The team looks like it could be in big trouble. We'll see what happens. Like things look like it could be going poorly. He's no dummy. He knows that he's going to want to win a title. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I'd be surprised. Well, a couple of things. Huh? I'd be. I don't think we're seeing him asking him for a trade in the next few weeks, right? That's I don't one. Uh, I'm interested this year to see how six, how Sixers fans maybe be a little frustrated with him after his Game Seven no show last year. That's something I'm. I'm interested to see. Because he can be a little sensitive to that stuff. I'm interested to see how that. I'm just interested to see how, what that does to the whole uh, to his uh, love and desire to be in Philly. That to me is something like worth. Maybe it could be nothing, right? It could be fine, but that to me is something worth paying attention to. Um, the other part no one ever talks about with this is like Embiid. Even if he did demand the trade tomorrow, bring up the Daryl Morey cliches. Like Morey's not trading it, right? Like the Morey's under no. That's the part people forget. Like you stole Maury, my next I, question, but yeah, keep yeah. Going. I don't. I mean, when I say not trading, I don't think Daryl Morey is like, okay, I'll trade Joel Embiid. He wants to be known as a guy who trades Joel. No, that's not like that's not his goal here. So obviously, if he had to, and kind of value was there or whatever, but like, yeah, it's not like if Joel Embiid walked in tomorrow and said, "Daryl, I demand the trade." Daryl Morey is saying, "Cool, we'll have you trade in two weeks." Like that's just not happening. Again, going big picture for a second, like we. <sighs> Obviously, we have a long litany of players asking for trades now. It's become the thing that you do in the NBA when you, yeah. it's, it has replaced free agency. And like, there's one example that has happened now twice, and maybe will happen a third time with the guy we just talked about for 20 minutes, James Harden, of like, this is what can happen if you do not honor the request. The player will go and... I don't know how you want to phrase what James Harden does when he does, no longer wants to be someplace, but it's not what you want as a franchise. And like, we haven't had, okay, actually, no, I stand corrected. Jimmy Butler went and turned the Minnesota Timberwolves organization kind of upside yeah. down. Yeah. So that, that was a thing. But like, 
I don't know. And then we had Duran, who was like, he has to be traded. They didn't trade him. And he went out and played hard. He played really well. And like, but then eventually they relent. Like all these organizations eventually relent. But do like, do they need to? Like, where, like if you figure if there's going to be any GM who's just going to be like, no, I'm going to count on the fact that Joel Embiid cares about wanting to play basketball well and wanting to look his best. And I'm just going to keep him until the, I like it makes sense for me to no longer keep him. Like, I, like, I guess so. Similar question to the Harden thing. How do you think that would end if it got to a point where I'm, I know we're going so many steps ahead? Yeah, like, no, it, but I, it, yeah, I, I again, I'm like. More we, we we saw it Ben Simmons, right? It's not completely analogous to everything, but like Maury, that was probably the I guess you could say the Nets with Durant, but it seemed like they were also working together for a while. You know, they they had they clearly had some sort of understanding too, right? Um, that like we'll come back to it and if you really want to, or you know, if we the right deal, which is the part that we get to this like Harden, why just strategically with the way he's gone about this is so is so uh dumb. I don't know, like you just not understanding how these landscapes work. Like if you want to trade there's ways to go about it, right? And you kind of create a marketplace and you work with a team. Like there's a way to do it, not just try to nuke a place and demand one team that doesn't have cap space. Um, like, so if Embiid, yeah, if we were talking about Embiid, like I just, yeah, I don't think Maury, that's just not something, he's just not in the place to do it. Now, now there's all the, um, you know, all the reporting or we, we all learned together about the collective bargaining agreement, then the uh, clause in there that I guess was always there, but so I'm saying Zach Lowe reported it, even though it was always there, but we never knew it existed, right? It's basically, do you agree with my assessment there? Like that seemed to be something that no one ever knew was there, but they're saying I it was always never, there. I right? never heard about it when it was, apparently it's been there since what, 2017, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah. like, who, who knew? But uh, but now we all know, right? So, and that's something that, and by the fact that we all know that, I mean, that's like something um, that the public is that people want the public to know, right? Like this, this is out there for reasons, right? Like it's, this is something that we all know because it's gonna, it's a weapon, right? And clearly teams in the league are willing and ready and interested in using it. Right. Um, so kind of full circle. Like, yeah. I don't see more. I want to say not caving like him. It'd be a value. It's all value propositions. Like it, it's almost the disgruntled player. Am I better off with him or whatever package I get? Right. Like which one is gets me closer to my goal. If the goal is winning a title, it's probably the disgruntled player. If for some reason the team came and offered value, proper value that he thought made the team better, like Dalmore is not opposed to trading James Harden. He's just opposed to trading in for Norman Powell and a second round pick, right? Like those are yeah. two different things. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I guess the associated question, and this is something I've been wondering since the since Harden made his comments, are we sure that Daryl Moore is going to be the one to continue to make all of these decisions? I, I know that I'd be stuck. I, I have no, like no one, I haven't talked to anyone about this, but I just, I would be stunned if Josh Harris and the Sixers chose um, James Harden on a one, whatever, over Daryl Moore. I'd be completely stunned. I, you don't know. Um, I'd be stunned. It's like, again, random, but like, I think it matters too. Josh Harris also just spent a ton of money to go buy a football team um, that he's going to be, you don't spend $6 million to buy an NFL team if you don't plan on being involved with. And I don't think, I think they probably like having their current, you know, Daryl Morey uh, is someone they trust and Tab Brown's president. Um, as someone like, not that Josh Harris is an absentee or not involved. He's very much involved in all that stuff, but I, I don't think this would be the time to bring in a new GM. And I just, I think they like having those guys in, in there, right? That's kind of, that's it's guys they trust. Well, speaking of ownership, I remember when, when I first, you know, floated my uh, fantasy about Embiid some someday ending up on the Knicks to you. I I forget what your response exactly was, but it was it involved the fact that ownership, like they're not they're not about to let this guy like. They, how involved do you think they would get if Embiid? Or I mean, oh, for I, sure, yeah. You know, how he, does he go to? He probably just goes to them, right? And it's like I'm, you know, I'm. I yeah, I mean, I think so. The, the the Sixers, I think, are a team that like it's ownership and uh, basketball. Like they're very much um, in constant communication in a and okay. what they would describe as a healthy way, right? Not like okay. just like un, understanding. Um, obviously, the Michael Rubin thing, which he's not there anymore. I don't know. No. Like, I once asked him, and he didn't give me a good answer. I once asked him. <laughs> let's say uh, I asked him. I think I can say whatever. I think this was an on the record. I have no idea. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, I once asked him. Uh, I, I had some like um like <laughs> uh, let's say Joel Embiid ended up uh ended up a myth like where how would your allegiance be and I, I and I think he was saying he was unsure right but he, that, I want to be very clear that wasn't me that wasn't because I guess like I'm not sure I should be sharing whatever but it wasn't like saying oh I would work with the Knicks or anything like that but yeah no. as, a, as a fan like I, kind of the idea of being are you more a Sixers fan or is it more about the guys who are on the Sixers right um okay. being so um but then I bring that up like Michael Rubin's no longer in Philly. Uh, no longer part of the Sixers ownership. That was obviously Joel Embiid's uh, kind of strongest connection there. Um, but we also know. Do you like, think that matters? Just, the fact that uh, yeah. So I, I don't. I'm I'm pleading the fifth. I'm saying I don't know. Okay. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I genuinely do not know. That's a better way. Okay. I don't know how that works. I, how how involved. I mean, Ruben goes to a lot of Philly games, Sixers games still, and he was uh, very involved and do like charity events at the arena. Like he's still basically there it's not an official owner because he couldn't be because of all his he's making all the money in the world and involved in everything it doesn't work uh, being with an nba owner yeah um yeah so doesn't matter 
I want to say no. I don't think it matters, but I genuinely don't know. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I mean, look. I'm. I'm. We're, sorry if you wanted to go through like trade packages. No, uh, I'm not about I'm to good. do that. Like, <laughs> we know how this is going to go if he asks out, and the Knicks will throw everything, and then uh, something will happen or something won't happen. I. I guess you the last find thing- I'm. Gonna- Okay, so you find Knicks fans like our Knicks fans doing a thing where like I wouldn't trade Emmanuel quickly, yeah. like you know, like like I'm holding it, like you know, you can't let him go for NBA. Is, yeah, that, I, is that happening already? I, I don't care. Uh, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's my version of I plead the fifth. No, like he's he's the MVP. I think he's I don't know exactly how many more years he has at this level, but he's got a few more years. Like, yeah. look, I, but I, I agree with you as you said. He's not asking. Nothing's going to happen before next season. We know that. I mean, yeah, n- never say never. But like. So, you know, you're talking a year from now, but like I, I've always believed that this is a guy that one day will put a team on his back and, and win a championship. And for that reason, like, like go get the guy and you like, you got, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have Joel Embiid and you're going to have Jalen Brunson and you, you figure out the rest later, you know? I mean, I, I'm with you. Yeah, if the opportunity was there, I'm with you. I know I'm on my way now. We're not going to kick you up Bruce McBride in a package for free and stuff like that. <laughs> And by, I, I, you know, I'm making fun of Knicks fans. I grew up a Knicks fan, and my family and friends are all Knicks fans, so I, I feel like I'm allowed to. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, speaking of the Knicks, let, let's just, we'll spend a minute on the Knicks because you've written about them a lot, also over the last few years. You've cheated on your yeah. your, your, <laughs> your primary boo over there. Um, how do you think it's gone? Because you, you, I feel like you have a good feel for the Leon Rose regime. Let's call it. Um, I, I'll ask it this way. It, we're, I'm three and a half years into Leon Rose. I feel pretty good as a fan. Do you think that's silly, or do, do you think I'm okay to feel pretty good? I have so much. Okay, I have so much trouble uh, processing. No pun intended. Um, or figure out how to process the Leon Rose regime because although the end, there is no question that it has been a success. To me, you can't say otherwise, right? Um, they they've made the playoffs twice. They won a playoff series. They have some stability. They have some young guys. Uh, I think Jalen, Jalen, and Jalen Brunson, right? That's like the biggest one. Like Jalen Brunson is is the guy, right? And I was talking about it's so like if so, what is it? Is it Ewing, Carmelo, Jalen Brunson? Like you would have, like is that like the list here of like you know the you know if we're going dots on a on a board, right? Like in terms of yeah, right? Um, like I people are going to get mad at me for saying this. I feel bad uh, like erasing KP from history because there was a hot minute there where right. that guy was the savior, um, but it was. It was a hot minute, you know. Uh, Jalen Brunson's been a season, but it's been quite a season. So yeah, and, and I say, and I bring, and I I mention him, and it's almost different than Carmelo. Um, he's an amazing guy too, by all accounts. Seems like it. you're you're seeing with the Team USA stuff. We're yep. like, that's a, to me a good example where it's not just like mix uh, PR or whatever, however that exists. Um, for just, but not just like not just Knicks fans saying how awesome he is or uh, stories he put out. Like it's you seeing like. Steve Kerr doesn't have to go out of his way to compliment Jalen Brunson, right? There's no, like, that's not something he has to do. It could, Jalen Brunson could play 12 minutes a game. Steve Kerr could never talk about him and no one would notice, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's, you're, you're, it's obvious that there's something there. And bringing that guy in, I don't know, probably the best contract in the NBA. Maybe I'm missing some, but you went through them, right? Like, I never know how to answer that question because, like, I don't, you know, Nikola Jokic makes whatever he makes. Right. He's the best contract in the NBA. I guess you're right, right. Fine. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I get what you're saying from like a dollar 
in like in relation a rare, to the max. A rare, yeah. uh, not a, a rare player who's not on a max who would be on a max. I think that's a better way to put it. Like I bet yeah. if you look through like you know the league, how many guys aren't on max or max deals where if they resigned right now they would be on a max, right? It's probably yeah. a pretty short list. Um, it's a very so he's the difference, yeah. right? He's the difference, right? That that he creates sustainability. He's a leader, incredible. Like and getting him in. Got a ton of credit, ton of credit. Now, like where I stay, I struggle with process because that's the result. I'm, I've made this joke before. It's, are we sure? Am I sure that uh, Jalen Brunson, excuse me, Jalen Brunson was brought in because they saw this and like they knew that this was his value and all that? No. Are, there other, are you implying? Right. Are you implying, sir? Right. That there are exactly. other connections. Right. So like if D'Angelo Russell was Leon Rose's godson, basically, like would he be yeah. the guy? Right. That's kind of like the example I give, right? And it's, yeah. so again, process results, but it worked. Now it happened. So that Leon Rose is but the son of Leon Rose's original client and who's basically a godson and his agent. You know, so he, you guys know everyone knows all the connections, right? That that guy happens to be an amazing player who's undervalued and his team let go and also an amazing dude. Um is yeah. like incredibly fortuitous but god bless so that's why i have trouble because i don't know if the uh, processes to get there to get to where they've been have always been great i mean i wrote a big story about this a few years ago um uh but you can't argue with the results so yeah well i mean look brunson to me is the thing that uh made it real yes for sure. uh because now like he in my view he's so good and seems like he loves being here. It doesn't seem like yeah. the guy who's going anywhere anytime soon. They're like, okay, you got that guy. And now I'm just basically like, okay, who's the guy that's going to want to be like, you know what? I think I can win a championship with that dude. And then mm-hmm. does, it, does it work out from there? And, you know, we'll see. Um, he's also imprinting his personality, like the Josh Hart stuff. Like he's pr- imprinting his personality on the team in a way, right? Yeah. Like you said, he legitimizes it. Again, I'll take a shot. Like, Julius Randle was not that, even in his on years, right? Even like before we saw the playoffs, right? Uh, two years, whatever that was, the Hawks series. Like he just, it's a different thing. It's a different, it's a different, it's a different, whole different uh, animal. And Julius Randle was not that guy. And Brunson is. And that's no, that's like no knock on Julius Randle. It's like, um, it's not a perfect comparison because he's never even made an all-star team. But like Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris has put up incredible stats over the yep. years. But like... He's Tobias Harris, you know, yep, and, exactly. and I would be very clear. Anybody listening out there who thinks I'm taking a shot at Julius Randle, Julius Randle, I think is better than Tobias Harris. Although I wonder what, what would be the best, the best version of the Knicks, the Knicks with, with Randle or the Knicks with Harris. Uh, with Harris? I'll, uh, I have nothing against personally, but I'll take the shot. I'm, I'm not, I'll take the shot to Julius Randle. Then I, I'm not a fan of his game. So there you go. So yeah, I think Knicks would actually, I, I would prefer the other swap, but why do you make that? Is that, uh, we still defending? Is this a thing we, we get overly defensive? Julius Randle? Oh, no, no, no. I actually, I think, right I think you've now, done a great job. Yeah. I'm saying you're new. So you got, you can, you hammer it, but based on effort, which I like, like you'll show the clips where uh, I, I was, you know, you know, where my, it's like, if you're actively not trying, that's the one thing that like, yeah. I just, I can't, it's very tough for me at that point. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, he had a great year and, um, you know, I, I'm we're at this. Here's I don't know what stage of grief this is at, but we're basically I think in the point place where it's like, hopefully it was just his ankle, and that's why he shot the bat against you know Miami and I guess kind of yeah. Cleveland also in the playoffs. But, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. Um, just a couple more uh, things before I let you go, okay, okay. um, because you are always working and you're always got stuff going on. So I don't know which of these. I'll, let's do the Substack first because I'm a long time <laughs> Substacker. <laughs> As you know, and um, I love it. I can't, uh, they're not paying me to say this, but I think it's a great platform. 
Um, and now you're on Substack. Your uh, own Substack is the name of your Substack. And I, I'll just gonna, I'll give it to you because like you haven't read anything on it yet. But I think it's maybe a place where people can find your stuff moving forward. You're uh, well, so I'll give the background, right? So I, I, uh, I was, I've been, I was tinkering, right? And all of a sudden, I get a message from you saying, "Congrats on a new Substack." <laughs> and I was like, "Thank you." Um, so it shows how nice Macri is, right? You guys, listeners should be aware just to just to jump on and help me. Um, I'm like, thank you. To be clear, I'm still at Fox Sports. I want to be very clear, right? Not going anywhere. Um, all that stuff. But I was in the midst of like creating a Substack, and I didn't know alerts come on. I'm bad at tech, which I'll be back into a bit. Um, yeah, me and you both. So, so um, as you can see, we barely, we don't even have a name. Maybe we'll keep the name. Why not? Um, Your own Substack's a great name. That works. Um, basically, I wanted a place. So, and we'll get to this. I'm gonna. I'm working on another book, which we can half tease in a little bit. So, I want a place just to kind of get some my understanding into talking to other authors and stuff. I think people do well if you kind of bring readers along through the process a little bit of the reporting and the book writing process. I think people like that. They feel like they're part of it. So when the book comes out, they feel I think more that part would of be it. Inc- I don't, I can't think of any time that's maybe I'm sure it's been done, but like I not, I mean, about a topic I care about. I care about sports. I've never seen that done with a sports. Book. Yeah. So, so again, you have to be, you can't give away stuff. But yeah. So trying to figure out a way to do that. And you know, I'm a fun guy. I have things to write about other than uh, basketball and James Harden and trade negotiations. Um, so now I wanted a place to just maybe put on some more, uh, work some different writing muscles. So I made the Substack. I had no plans of talking about it or sharing it yet until I had something going. And this guy right here outs me and now we're promoting it. So yes, this is for, uh, I guess, Nick's film school. You guys, uh, I'm not charging anything ever for it, but you can be the first and sign on and maybe you'll get a uh, note from me within next nine months. Who knows? Right. We'll see. Hopefully it works. But yes, that's the, uh, that's the deal. If that background makes sense. <laughs> well, I'm excited for that. And the best thing about Substack is you could just subscribe. And then if, if you write something, you'll get a, you'll get something in your box. Um, so again, I, 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 I know a little bit about what you're working on. Uh, I don't know how much you could say, but you mentioned you are working on another book. Um, I will just say it's about a topic that I think has been underreported on. Um, uh, which is why I'm fascinated to see what you do, but I'll just, again, I'll give it over to you and sure. whatever you want to say. So if, yeah, a current NBA team with uh, some big names, I got to figure out what I get share. I know this being, you know, by the way, don't get angry at me for being the, for the vague stuff. Get angry at Macri because he's the one he's throwing it out there, <laughs> bringing me on. Just, you know, I'm not, I didn't say have me on. So let me be vague about stuff just to be very clear. Um, no, <laughs> it's my fault. And I appreciate it. First of all, I think if for you know the many of you who subscribe to or many of your listeners who subscribe to a publisher's marketplace, I believe uh, it's already up there, just so you know. But it also costs like 10 bucks to get on there. Uh, so if anyone is really sleuthing. But yeah, it's a current NBA team. Uh, I wish I could share. I don't really know. I, I don't know that I can't yet. I don't know that I can. So I'm gonna hold off. But uh yeah. I think- well, let me let me ask you this about it. Yeah. Because you're at the beginning, you're at the beginning of the process of writing again, no pun intended, of writing the of writing the book. I at this stage, just to get a little bit behind the scenes for you, mm-hmm. you you as a writer, is it is it excitement? Is it nerves? Is it just like grunt work early on? Like uh, I'm trying, I'm looking you- at a stack of books that I feel like I could, well I won't share, but yeah, it's uh it's um it's excitement. It's yes, all of it, right? There, it's like okay. the amount of stuff I've spent the last two weeks listening and transcribing, like forty different podcasts. Right? It's actually one of the cool things today is that. Um, I wouldn't do this, obviously, but like you probably write a book if you just like go through, like without the original reporting. If you just like listen to every podcast and just like 
go through all clips and stuff. You can write, and like you were the person to just synthesize everything together in a coherent narrative. You could probably write a book that people would find interesting because there's so much out there, right? Um, and all these everyone's got a YouTube show. Like I'll, I'm finding, you know, I'll, I'll Google uh, person X interview and I find a random 90 minute sit down they did with like some rap station in like you know Nashville, right? And I'm transcribing that. So which is awesome, but it's a ton of work. But when I, was- I, mean, I enjoy that. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure it's a ton of work, but does, in a way, does that because it obviously could make your job easier to look at it one way, but looking at it another way couldn't make your job harder because uncovering new information is that much for sure. For sure, that's the part. Like that, I get anxiety over that. Like I hope I get enough new information, right? So okay, I have like I mean, here people if they're interested in nerdy stuff, like I'll I I know. Like I'll transcribe and I'll take out notes and like ideally I'll find a thread or something. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, let me see. Like I don't think that's been unpacked fully. Let me like use that as a question to take to interviews, right? And see what comes from those, right? I'll do that a lot. Um, or if I see themes emerging for certain guys, I can kind of maybe you don't unearth the macro, but you can unearth the micro. If that makes sense, and kind of illuminate further illuminate like what something what actually happened, right? So a certain trade or whatever. Uh, but it's definitely harder, especially you know, I do these modern day books. Um, saying nice by about if you were doing one, you know, from the past where you can kind of do a little more rehashing and it's not as current and people forgot things and I'm not gonna say it's easier, it's a different job, right? It's mm-hmm. not you want to unearth new things too, but it's also just trying to complete story and kind of reminding people that hey, this is what this is like, this is what happened. Whereas me, um, you know, it's it's finding new stuff. I, I mean, I have some reviews, and I, my, the Sixers book was well reviewed. which I feel comfortable saying, and we did well. Um, but there are some reviews. <laughs> thank you. But there are some reviews where, like, you know, if you're a diehard Sixers process fan, you won't learn a ton new. And I don't fully agree, but I also that's, get like that's hold on, that's horseshit. Fine, but I get the I've I get it. Like, stuff, I appreciate. I get, it. but I'm saying is I get it. Like the outline's the same, right? Like, like the Sixers book. Um, you probably could have guessed the chapter outline. Does that make sense? Having without fine, that's fair. Like there's there's some truth to that um, in a way. Like you're not. It, it's it's not like an event. There are very few events. It's hard to find brand new events. Maybe that's a good way to put it, right? You kind of yeah. illuminate and and detail and layers to the things we know about that already. Yeah, but like if that, I don't know if this is a bridge too far, but like oh good, Oppenheimer is one of the most popular movies in the country over the last month. Like we, we, everybody knows how that story ended and yet you still go see the movie because I, I, I would agree. I would agree. You know, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, to be all right really. Yeah. I think you can do conflict and characters and build things up and show. Yeah. I think I agree. And I think most readers agree too. So, uh, one way of saying, yeah. So the book, I think if you're a fan of my work and some of the stuff I do, I think you'll like it. Oh yeah. I'm hoping, I guess I haven't written it yet. So it could be a sack of shit and we'll see, but I don't know, but I'm hoping it's not. And I'm trying for it not to be. So I think if you're a fan of my work, you'll, uh, the stuff I do. Um, and then you'll see the topic. You kind of get an idea of what I'm going for, whether we achieve it or not. I guess we'll see, but I hope so. I won't ask you what NBA team would, if you wrote a book about them, the title would be sack of shit. Uh, cause <laughs> I'd be afraid you'd say the team that I have the podcast. Well, exactly. about, oh man. Uh you're otherwise, but you are awesome. Uh, I guess just before I let you go, let folks at home know. Well, you we talked about the Substack. Uh social media, <laughs> what, what, plug whatever you want to plug. I don't care. Sure, Twitter. I had to I had to download threads. My boss made me, but that's no one's on threads. Are you on threads? Are you still doing threads? I went on threads uh because Andrew told me to go on threads and yeah. I sent out <laughs> a I was about to say a tweet. I sent out a, I did, I, I did a thing. I put, I did a message 
And I have not been back on since. Yeah, I deleted my phone recently. Anyway, um, so I think we're still actually say Twitter, right? It's X. What do you you uh, I, what, I message on X? I don't know. It's all driving me nuts. You, you could find yeah. your own on the app formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, that's at, probably the best place. Yeah. Uh, by the way, another reason why Substack. I want to just get stuff organized. I don't trust where any of this is going in terms of the uh, social media nonsense. Um, so that's another reason why I just wanted to make the Substack. You know, say uh get a home for myself. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Fox Sports. That's pretty much it. The Google machine, whatever works for you. <laughs> Anytime you ever put something out, uh, articles, uh, it's a must read. And needless to say, I cannot wait until um, you get more into the book. And obviously, you know, wh- whenever it eventually comes out, um, because it's, uh, it's going to be another page turner. And like, you know, there aren't that many great NBA, I mean, there aren't any that many NBA books that come out, period. So when you know a good one's coming, it's worth getting excited about. So thank you, um, buddy. Good luck, my friend. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Hope you enjoyed that convo with your own. Um, again, I, I will just say that I know what he's working on. And even though I'm not going to spill any beans, uh, if you are an NBA fan, you should be extraordinarily excited because uh, there aren't many topics that are worth um, reading about more than the one that he's he's about to uh, get going on. So uh, look forward to that um, and anything your own puts out for Fox Sports. In the meantime, it's all great stuff. And of course, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We will be back with more fun and games later this week. Talk to you soon.